0: welcome back to the glorify him podcast by the holy spirit's leading we cover challenging topics often left unaddressed by the church while balancing grace truth and love for all people we're your co-host cricket
1: I'm Seth I'm Kiefer
2: and I'm Ethan
0: and we also have a special guest today Samuel
1: this episode is
3: brought to you by gadget guys uh, they're a father-son duo coming out of Oshawa and they make cool accessories for our electronic devices Again, the links down below with that being said going to pass it on to uh, Kiefer to introduce this episode and a very special guest here.
1: All right, before I pass it over to Samuel and let this guy tell us all about himself, we want to recap our last episode, which was the poison of pornography, in which we all once again were mad vulnerable, especially with Seth opening about his testimony and how he battled through that. And we provide tangible ways in which God constantly helps us fight off temptation, constantly provides a way of escape. And we urge you and push you to go watch that episode if you can, I think it's really great. Um, But Samuel, Abraham, Perez, why don't I pass it over to you? We just want to hear your testimony, man. I don't even want to spill any details about it. I'm passing it all over to you right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, a little bit about myself. Uh, As you guys know, my name is Samuel Abraham Perez i am 25 years old now uh about four years ago or five or four years ago <laughs> is when i met the lord but before that happened um basically a little bit about myself is just i grew up in a christian household um my parents were extremely religious they loved to go to church um they they loved the lord they taught us to also love jesus um but there was always a disconnect because i felt like i was different than all the other little boys So I was uh, like so sensitive. Um, I also like to sing a lot. I was really into the arts. I liked like my sister's dresses and stuff. Like I always thought like long hair was like really cool. And I was like, man, these like, I feel like I associate and identify so much more with things that are like girly instead of things that are um, masculine. And you know, our definition of what are, what's supposed to be for men. And so um, had that disconnect when I was little of like, man, I don't, I don't feel like all the other little boys I don't want to play with gi joe's i want to play with barbie so <laughs> i went uh i started going to school and um in public school there i first got introduced to the concept of like um same-sex attraction of people who were homosexual and i knew a little bit about it because of church and all i knew was that people who were homosexual were like basically going to go to hell and that's what I was taught in church so um having any type of feelings or identifying with that was wrong and um and when I learned about it in school I was like man you know this homosexual thing sounds like me like um I'm very curious about different guys in in my grade and um and I like all these girly things and I was bullied a lot when I was younger like extremely bullied um, for being feminine I used to do like this with my hands or just like I would just move it like in a feminine way and uh, people just bully me and they just call me gay since I was little so I since I was a little boy it was just like it's just like that thing that followed me around and so I knew it was bad I didn't want to tell anybody um, nobody was talking about it in the church and you know it was something that was just real hush hush we live in 2020 now where everybody's talking about it it's like a big thing but when I was growing up That was not a thing, you did not talk about that. It was um, extremely like just untouchable. And so um, I felt really alone um, and I I didn't really know how to navigate that. And I I couldn't even tell my parents until of course I started to develop feelings for another boy in my class. And um, he was my best friend and I had like these feelings of like, almost like obsession and, and liking him or, and I thought it was love, but really it was like obsession is not love or infatuation maybe. So I was like infatuated with him. And I came out to my parents, and my mom basically just told me, like, you got two different options. Like, you either follow God um, and like deny yourself, or you know, just do whatever you want and like you're gonna go to hell. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, well, I don't wanna go to hell. Um, I definitely don't wanna do that. But um, so I started, they started sending me out to uh, these, um, I believe they're called conversion camps, but they weren't really conversion camps. Um, I started going to um, Exodus and um, and that was basically my first introduction of people who wanted to change out of the homosexual lifestyle. But there was like a real emphasis on like the changing part and not so much an emphasis on um, the discovering and falling in love with Jesus. There was some, but there wasn't like many. And so I just felt like I had to change in order to be accepted by God. And, um, and I didn't want to change like I felt like this was who I was and this was like what I had been feeling ever since I was a little boy I was like, I don't know anything different than this and it was really du- It was really tough really difficult because I was like man I like I've prayed about this. I've asked the Lord to take it away like so many times And I still have the, the audacity that some people have still sometimes to tell me hey Have you prayed about your attractions? Like have you ever asked the Lord to take this away? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like getting like a gun and like shooting the thing like in my mind. But, um, you know, you have to have patience. So it was something that I struggled with a lot. Um, something that was, you know, just really heavy on my heart. Produced depression, anxieties, all these things. And so, um, so anyway, so I ended up, uh, having that first introduction of like, I wanted to change. I wanted to seek the Lord. I had a really good relationship with the Lord when I was younger. I was even baptized super young. My mom said that like I was really excited about God, and I remember being really excited about God. I used to like sing sing hymns, and I used to sing to the TV, and we grew up with these gospel songs. And I was I was always super fascinated with the idea of the Lord, and in um, a relationship with Him. And so I can just remember those memories back when I was a little boy. And um, but anyways, I, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to have a relationship with Jesus and then also like be gay. And at this point I had come out to my family which was like a whole thing and it was very difficult. One of the most terrifying things I've had to do in my life. And um, and then I had to kind of share this identity with everybody. I'm like, I, I don't know how to share to people that I'm gay and I'm struggling with this and also share with people that I, I still believe in Jesus because I did believe in him. I just didn't know how to have a relationship with him. Um, or what people were telling me how to have a relationship. So there's a lack of um, education there. And I uh, ended up moving from Miami where I lived and where I grew up um, in Florida because my parents are from Cuba. And so I'm Latino. I ended up moving from Miami up to New York City and I got really involved in the queer community there. And I was approached by a client of mine because I was a personal trainer. And they asked me if I wanted to meet people and um, I didn't know anyone in New York. I had moved there completely by myself. It's like a long story, <laughs> but they asked me, oh, you want to meet people? Like, why don't you just become like an exotic dancer, like become a Google dancer? And I was like, yeah, I'll try anything once because my experience was in theater. I'd gone to college for theater um, and I was there for two years in a conservatory program. So I love entertainment. I love entertaining people, telling stories. And um, yeah, just some one of those things that's about my personality. So I was like, yeah, sure, you know what? I'll be a go-go dancer. I don't mind. I'll, I'll make money and I'll get to meet people and it'll be a good opportunity. So I started doing that for like about six months and um, I struggled real bad with depression. Um, I would just cry every single day. Um, the whole time as well, I was like totally addicted to these app applications that were for gay dating. So like Grindr and Tinder, but I had everything. I was the longing for a connection with another man Um, but everywhere that I would look for this type of connection, it was like, it was like a disconnect. Um, nobody wanted a monogamous relationship. And when they did want a monogamous relationship, they didn't want it with me. Um, and so there's insecurity issues as well. It was a whole thing just wrapped up into like a big ball of like craziness. And so, um, so I I did the whole go-go dancing thing and immersed myself in that lifestyle and that queer community, which, which was had benefits I had uh, friendships that came out of there. Um, some of the nicest people I've ever met were the drag queens. They were my like bestest friends. They were so real and upfront, and that's how I am. I'm very real and raw. And so I was best friends with all the drag queens, and they were entertainers like me. And um, and yeah, I had a, a really good time. They were like my family, the family that I never had, you know, growing up. Like it was people who could identify with my struggles, who could identify with wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, and Um, having justice for the injustices that they face in society, but I was still very, um, very just depressed, and um, I'm the type of person that um, I have to have, like, purpose in life. I have to do something, and um, the go-go dancing wasn't cutting it, and neither was the personal training. Like, I loved helping people, but I was like, "Eh, it just doesn't fulfill me, and the city was just crazy. Like, it was like, in New York City, is like super expensive to live in. And there's a bunch of difficulties that came from that as well. So I ended up leaving Brooklyn and moving over to Australia because I got a job on a cruise ship. And, and there, I got I really got to spend a lot of time alone with my thoughts because there's no technology. You're in the middle of the ocean. There's no Wi-Fi. There is, but you have to pay for it. <laughs> That's <was> cheap. <laughs> so um, I got to spend a lot of time with my thoughts and just being alone in the, in the middle of the ocean as a sailor. And, um, and do entertainment for this big uh, cruise line company And I got stationed out there in Australia Sydney right in front of the like opera house It was beautiful got to see some of the most me- most beautiful places in the world And people were so jealous on my social medias. They're like wow you you have a dream job You know like every day you're on like this new beautiful island like in Fiji or you know parts of Hawaii or the, uh, for French uh, properties and so um, I was like, yeah, you know, it's beautiful, but I'm still so unhappy and um and also there's like no opportunity to date on the ship there's only like a couple of gay guys (laughs) and they were all taken already so I was like suffering because I also had developed like this crazy addiction to like intimacy with men so I was like I wouldn't say I was a hookup kind of guy but I like to date and I like to like have sex and so um, I didn't have that chance in the middle of the ocean. Mm. I was like suffering, and um, and then I ended up leaving because my teammates, um, the people that I worked with, my coworkers I should say, um, were just awful to me, and um, ended up leaving that job and moving back to Miami with my parents. And so when I when I left to Miami, um, I was just facing so much depression. Um, I just felt like a complete failure i felt like i had left my family and then come back to my family and um i started i tried to start my own personal training business and i was going good like i was getting clients and stuff um but i needed more and so i was just super depressed my relationships hadn't worked out my career hadn't worked out um like i was broke like it was just everything in my life was just coming to crumbles and uh that's when one day the devil decided, or the enemy, started to hit me hard with that depression, wanting to take away my life. Cause the devil's always wanted to stop me. He's always seen the purposes that I've had in my life. I was like in another car accident when I was very young and I should have died in, in that car accident. So he's always been trying to take me out. <laughs> he knew I could do like wonders for the kingdom of heaven. Um, but this is his chance. He's like, I'm gonna make this guy so depressed that he just like kills himself. He's like, he'll become suicidal. And I definitely had thoughts of suicide before this um, all throughout my life. And, um, and so in that moment, I just told the Lord, you know, God, like I've been through so much already. I've been through relationship after relationship. I had sex with so many dudes. I have tried every job. I moved around the world. Like, what else is there? Like at this point, like what else is there? You know, like there can't be nothing else. Like I've done it all. And, um, I was like, I just don't want to live anymore. Like, I just don't see the point in living. I really don't. Um, and, and I just said to the Lord, I'm like, look, if you're real, I want you to prove to me that you're real, because if you don't prove this to me, if we're just living here like animals for nothing, then there's literally no point in me just taking my own life. Like it won't mean anything. And, um, and yeah, I just didn't want to see tomorrow. And so I just did that prayer. And I remembered what my mom said to me when I was younger, that, that we live in a spiritual like warfare sometimes God wants to give us like an answer, but he can't because we've prevented him from, and we've built up walls against him. And, um, and so I put some worship music, I'm, I'm a big believer in worship music, uh, just by my bedside. And I asked the Lord um, to reveal himself to me, if he was real. And I uh, slept with the worship music on, and then the next morning, at some point the worship music turned off, I don't know how, uh, during the night, but the next morning I felt like incredible. I felt like someone had shot me with steroids and like all of my depression was completely gone and it was a totally miraculous moment. Um, I like, I don't know, God did something in my heart and it was later on when he actually revealed to me a vision that that night he came into my room, he touched me and he like changed everything in my body um, with his physical touch. And so I don't know how he did that spiritually, but he revealed that to me. Um, and, and yeah, I felt like a new person. I said, if this is, if you're real God and this is what it feels like, i I want to serve you and I want to give you my life because I've done everything that I possibly can in my life and it didn't work out for me. You know, it, it just, I, I, I tried everything that the media said would make me happy, that people would said would make me happy and it didn't make me happy. It didn't fill me with joy. Um, but just one, one night in your presence asking for you, like made me joyful, made me happy. And so he did in one night what I could not do an entire like lifetime basically, <laughs> and it was incredible. And um, and so I just kneeled down before him and I just gave him my life. like. And that, that moment is so like, um, just stamped upon my heart, just how he was able to just save me from a life of depression, a life of hopelessness and And just, I get really emotional thinking about it (laughs) because I was like nothing, I was basically nothing. And he made me and my life into something in that moment. And so I I just gave myself up to him and asked him, Lord, I don't know how you feel about the same-sex attraction. I don't know if you think being gay is wrong or you know I wanna hear it from you, but that's not really my concern, my priority right now. I just wanna like follow you. And uh, I really am not, I don't care about my sexuality right now. Um, So I started going to church, little steps, started reading my Bible, started praying every single day. And and then three months into that journey with the Lord, um, he began to reveal to me um, that he did not want me to live in the gay lifestyle. Um, I had serious convictions when I was actually intimate with another man. Um, And I could not complete that act anymore. It was almost like I had a heart change and I just knew that what I was doing was wrong. And it wasn't because anyone told me that it was wrong. It wasn't because I read it in the Bible. I just knew in my heart that something was off. And so, um, from that moment, I was like, "I am not going to sleep with men anymore. I'm going to delete all these app applications, these grinder, and all this stuff." And um, and then I committed my life to going to ministry with him, and, and that was a radical call that he called me to. And I've been doing that ever since. It's been like four years. <laughs> so that's my story. <laughs>
1: Hey, yo, who wants to speak first? I got a lot to say.
2: <laughs> uh, Kiefer, you sound ready to, to well, respond bro, to that amazing I've been, I've testimony. Been
1: like, I've been like pinching myself to hold it in. But yeah, uh, let, let me just go real quick. <laughs> first of all, praise praise God alone for just revealing himself to you that way. Um, praise God alone for making you born again. What you described is literally removing that heart of stone and giving you a heart of flesh. That's literally what you're saying. Where well, you became so intimate with god that you now are sensitive to sin and you're sensitive to things like that and the holy spirit is perfect in bringing forth conviction when you're open to it and that is a crazy one of the craziest testimonies i've heard in my life dude oh my gosh thank you so much for sharing i'll, I'll keep it at that i'll, I'll shut my mouth now
4: <laughs> <laughs> thank you man
2: i'll just quickly say like i mean i, I listen i listen to like um I mean, if it, this morning a bit on YouTube, right? But just hearing it again, it's just it's like hearing it from you, like you know, right now live. It's 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 touching my heart again, and it's it really is so amazing. It gives me so much joy hearing um, it, to be honest. And I'm really glad I just got to hear it live right now. It's so good. And uh, I don't know, Kiefer, Kiefer responded so well, so I don't know. I'll just leave it there. But I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just really really happy we're here, we're doing this, and that uh, that how God's working your life, and just yeah, it's amazing. Thanks, man. <laughs> like
0: i'm glad yeah your story is powerful and amazing and i'm glad that you're doing what god called you to do by sharing it and teaching i know you teach a lot and like share with the world on what how god revealed himself to you and what he did through you so it's like powerful and how he's using you and continuing to glorify himself through you and your the testimony you have because i know a lot of people are um, like struggling with this right like today and it's so prevalent in today's world right so I'm glad that you're able to speak truth into these people and just be able to show God's love right ultimately is show his glove and show what who he is and what he created you to be right so thank you it, it means the world to us that just for you to come here and to share with our audience what you've been through and the testimony you've been through so thank you very much
3: I just want to say like i I have my heart is full that's what I can say like after hearing your testimony I feel like like Holy Spirit, like I feel full in my heart, you know, um, like God has poured into me through you. Um, this thing, like my my joy is complete. All those kinds of all those types of those phrases, right? Like I think that it's like when people say like, because I, I have a similar testimony in terms of like searching the world, you know, and, and the, it couldn't fill me. You literally physically searched through the world, and it I did the whole fill Solomon you. thing. You literally went, yeah, you literally went all over the place and did everything, and it couldn't fill you. And I get that, like the seeking but never arriving, the chasing but never finding, which God says that we will experience if we try to be satisfied in anything other than Him. And I just, your joy and is explosive, is radiant. Like you glow, you physically glow because you're filled with God's Holy Spirit. Because what He's
4: done is all over you, like it should be. It feels like even, even when I get emotional talking about my testimony, it just it. I just get to experience God's power and God's mercy over my life every day. And I think, I I wish that everyone could have the opportunity to experience that, like really experience his power. Um, We were saying earlier before we got started with the podcast, like, um, he who's been forgiven much, loves much, and that's one of my favorite verses because um, when he forgave me of all those types of things, like it just allows me to like love him in a way that is like almost impossible to love anything else. Like it's like, um, all this infatuation that I faced with men and, uh, like love that I wanted with other guys, like all of that just gets turned like to a thousand percent and just gets pointed at Jesus. And, um, and just the opportunity to be able to have that love and that forgiveness from him is like crazy. It makes you want to just like, literally is like that story in the gospels where he says, like this man sold everything that he had for this precious pearl it's like one of my favorite parables that's like that's when you know that you have encountered the love of god i think i think sometimes we put that label of christianity on first before encountering the love of god and that's why we have like a really messed up american christianity um i wish everyone could encounter that love because then they would just sell everything they would leave behind everything to just follow after him and and that's what my testimony feels like it's not something i intentionally tried to do i didn't know i didn't know that that would happen but it, it happened it's funny too because even though i've had this crazy experience happen to me in my life um there are times where i'm like is god really real you know and and the devil will make me doubt it and the devil like that's why I'm so glad that I did have those experiences where I had not only did I have the experience um, because experiences are great but also we learn within the book of Moses like not the book of Moses but the ones that he wrote in the exodus and all that in Deuteronomy we see that miracles they can show you God for like a glimpse of a moment and you can have like faith in that for like a little while like eventually like you will fail like you you like that faith that you have from that one experience like if you're not consistently having several experiences all the time like those miracles they don't mean anything and so i'm glad i had that miracle happen but like my entire experience with god isn't just based on that miracle it's also based on his word and so if I didn't have the word uh, to be able to encourage me, which is literally living, breathing, like speaking truth over me. Um, it's something that it renews my mind as I read it over and over. It's his own word, his, his own life, the teachings of Jesus. Um, it would have been easy for me to just been like, oh, you know, I had that one experience at one time, but, you know, like God's not real or something. Or, you know, it would have been easy for me to just return back to, the, to that lifestyle. But since the Lord led me to his word, to stay rooted in his word, to study the word, I had like, I never liked the Bible, I used to fall asleep, like reading the Bible, <laughs> and, uh, and I asked the Lord, I was like, God, I want to learn more about you, because of that experience. I want to know who this God is, like really who this God is, I don't want to hear from other people, I don't want to hear from the pastor, I wanna, I want to see for myself, I want to know what these words really mean and uh, i became a biblical literature student in that process and now i love the bible i do not fall asleep while watching well reading the bible <laughs> <laughs> so that that's something that's like you, you know experiences and miracles they're wonderful um but it takes that renewing and that con- consistent intimacy with jesus to continue that to continue that because um, we have many stories of people who have also had experiences with the lord and then they just go back right back into that lifestyle because um, we got to we got we to gotta keep it up
1: Samuel question time Q&A time <laughs> so the title of the episode is does God create people gay and I've heard a lot of people say you know God made me this way or God created me this way um, so I wanted to ask you what is your perspective and opinion on this question does God create people gay
4: I think God creates people perfectly and wonderfully made like it says in his word um, but we distort that image and that creation um because of our free will and uh the curses that we we place upon ourselves as humans trying to be god instead of being the copy like the image that he has designed us to be um and so really i think uh god does not create people gay (laughs) i don't think anybody's born with a sexuality nobody comes out of the womb not even heterosexuals like liking girls you know like when you're a little boy You don't like girls you think they have cooties and you're not like attracted to them at all um and so nobody's born with any type of sexuality like children don't have sexualities um however with like the development process and so on that's where we start to develop our sexualities um based on the experiences that you had you know whether or not you had a really good family you had a father figure you had a mother figure you had friendships those things they they really do form us and so God creates us perfectly, but our life experiences and the world that we live in, um, that is sinful and ultimately ruled by darkness right now, um, all those things have its effect on us. And so we become what we're not supposed to be. We we become something away from the image that he originally wanted. And that's why when Jesus shows up on the scene, what does he say? He says, um, you need to be born again. Like, you have to be born again. So if someone's like, well, I'm just born this way. I love Jesus. Well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, you got to be born again, brother. Mm. Like, mm. You, you, like you, <laughs> okay, that's great you, that you were born that way and you've had these experiences and that's who you are now. But Jesus didn't say, yeah, just run with me with those experiences. He says, no, you got to be born again. Like Nicodemus is like. What does that mean like do i have to crawl up my mom again you know like what does that mean <laughs> and jesus yeah. is like only like the spiritual like the, the people who are spiritually hearing from god will understand what that means it's like it's the it's the power of the gospel that changes the power of the good news of jesus laying down his life um that the holy spirit comes and does that change for us inside of us I just have to believe that he wants to do that change within me and i have to trust that he has done that change for me and he's willing to reveal himself to all who are willing to listen just like he revealed himself to me like it says that in the word like those who earnestly seek him out like they will find him and so um i believe we have to be born again so any type of i was born this way like no one's born with sexuality but if you do end up having same-sex attraction or any type of heterosexual attractions even the heterosexuals same thing for the same sex with the heterosexuals makes no difference it's all the same we all of us have to be born again we have to be given a new heart um one just like jeremiah 31:31 talks about this prophecy of just like this these laws become written upon our hearts we're given like a heart made of flesh instead of a heart made of stone and um and that's the born again process so
2: I just wanted to like key in on a little like nuances maybe just serve sort of people who are listening right so from what i gathered is um there's a you know we're born with you didn't I, this is implied so we're born with a male or female sex um like my 99 of the time there's those exceptions then then you have your sexual attraction that develops over time um so so like just i guess there's that nuance there right and then um moving forward with that there's a sense of um I guess you're really trying to key on, on like when you said being born again, that's like a spiritual born again. Um, you're trying to key on, on like that spiritual identity we have. And then it kind of has a, um, that has a relationship with now how our rest of our whole identity, right? And and so I guess like um, you, once you're born again, like, I mean, you can speak for yourself, maybe, maybe you might know other people's stories too, but sometimes you, st- you still struggle with those like um, uh, gay uh, or um, same sex attraction, right? And uh, and so like would you say that's true of yourself and like others and stuff stuff like that
4: yeah definitely um when it comes to the spiritual the spiritual is connected to the physical um we're always gonna like once again i like what it says in hebrews is that it says that right now we don't see jesus christ i think it's like hebrews 6 or something around there um we don't see what is to come like we're living in a state of faith a state that i like even though i don't feel like I'm made complete and whole because I have this flesh like accusing me and like uh, constantly trying to doubt everything that's happening in the spiritual. Even though I don't feel that, I know that because I know it by faith. And so when I, when I have that like reality that sets in, because that's my reality. The spiritual is my reality, not the physical. Like this, this is going to mm. go away one day. It says the heavens and the earth will pass mm. away and then there will be a new one. You know, like all of this isn't the reality. The reality is that I am made completely whole as a priest of the Lord, part of his family, a brother to Jesus. um, And I'm part of that royal family, like priesthood, I'm part of his kingdom. And so um, I am whole, I am complete, I am made holy, I am made righteous um, through Jesus Christ. And so, of course, some people do struggle, like I still struggle with same-sex attraction, not as intense as it used Mm -hmm. to be because the more and more you walk in the spirit the more and more that your body comes in alignment to the spirit as well you start to renew your mind and so um you you become exactly what it is that you you think you you become what it is that you worship if i'm worshiping god and i'm worshiping his image like i will become like god i will start to develop the fruits of god that was spoken of in galatians 6 mm. like that's how my image is going to start to form but that's that's sanctification yeah. sanctification we have a word for that you know it's like it's the process of walking that out so when i first started Actually, it was a lot easier when I first started. Like the same-sex attractions, like they went away, like for a while. It was like eight months. I was like totally infatuated with the Lord. Like I was like totally obsessed with him. Like a man did not even cross my mind. And then he was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna take away these this tricycle wheels for a second. Like I'm gonna we're gonna put your big boy pants on and you're gonna ride a normal bike, and you're gonna see how much you can you can have faith in me, mm-hmm. how much you can trust me." And those, some of those attractions started coming back. I started dealing with pornography and had a bunch of other struggles that i was going through and um and i started that process of sanctification how can i renew my mind um mm. how can i like god it says that he prunes us he disciplines us um and so uh mm. he wants us to develop more and more fruit how are we going to do that if we're never tested if we're never tested to be able to walk out that faith If everything's just easy for us like if i never thought about another guy ever again like um would you say that my spiritual walk would be easy what well, my spiritual walk would be more greater my spiritual walk would be more lesser if i don't don't require much faith then of course my spiritual walk is not that great right but if i require an Mm. intense amount of faith just to get me through the day my spiritual walk is intense and it's producing the fruit that the father wants to see and so i believe he does everything for a purpose and he has kept me like almost like that thorn in my flesh keep me humble um helped me to continue to believe in the things unseen for my life and um, it's developed more and more fruit. Um, so some people, they experience that radical change um, where it, they never think about another man and they even have attractions towards other, um, of the opposite sex. And some people just have to walk that out. And that's just God's plan for their life. Like maybe I'm just really stubborn and if I didn't have that, I would just become really self-righteous. And so who knows? Only God knows.
2: Ah, <laughs> wow, that was a great answer. I work
0: with, uh youth predominantly and the culture we live in is so like it's messed up honestly like it's like it's sinful right like and you spoke upon that right and one of the things that i always wondered is do you think understanding one's identity and who god created them to be is one of the root causes to this
4: oh 100% <laughs> like i think it it is that this association with our identity and who we've created to be That's what Jesus has been trying to remind us of. That's what the father has been reminding us of every single step of the way. Um, Like when he approaches Adam in the garden, he says, and Adam has just finished sinning. You know, he says like, Um, like who told you, you know, to be ashamed, who told you that like you're naked, Mm. you know, it's like, God's like, you're not that thing. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, where did these ideas Mm. come from? Um, because God, he hopes in the best for all of us. And so his reality and his stance is that I created this thing. Perfect. And I created this thing, um, in my, in my own image to be a part of my family. And so it's when we depart from that idea that we try to set the tone of our characteristics of our identity in our own will. That's what the devil offered to Adam and Eve He's like, I want you Mm. like to be your own master. Like the, the, um, the father is a liar. Like what he says is not actually going to happen. You're not really going to die. You're going to be able to know both good and evil and all those types of things. And so it's a departing Mm. from the identity of what I was created to be, which is a complete copy and image of God and so um and so that i can show in this world and in this earth um how to be that like that's priesthood right in the garden like adam and eve they were priests and so he's been reminding us every single time trying to do that how to be king how to be priests melchizedek right that's the first time that we see that and then we see it in moses again he was supposed to be priest and he was supposed to be king but he ended up only wanting to be king he didn't want to be priest so they had to make aaron priest right the father was like, "All right, we're gonna make your your, your brother like priest." So God's continual reminds um, continually reminds us every everywhere we see in David as well, um, who we are, what's our identity, how He wants us to walk in this priesthood, and so what has allowed for me, what has helped me the most in my in my um, in my temptations and my struggles and my journey with the Lord is reminding myself who I am in Jesus. Um, because mm. the devil, that's exactly what he doesn't want you to realize. He doesn't want you to think that you are a child of God. He doesn't want you to think that you are a light bearer. He doesn't want you to remember that you're supposed to set yourself up on a hill um, and, and shine your light, right? He doesn't want you to believe that you are loved by the Father, an unconditional love that cannot be broken, where you, you can mm. meditate on it for the rest of your life, Right. Um, He wants you to think that you are conditionally conditionally loved. He wants you to think that you're not part of that family. He wants you to think that God has disowned you. That's why so many atheists are like, I don't want to follow God because I don't believe God loves me. I don't believe in in a loving God. Um, And so when when I have that identity, understanding that, I'm able to move away from those temptations. Um, I'm able to say, wait, 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 I'm not a gay guy. Like, I'm not, I'm like this guy who just experienced the same sex attraction. I'm not an actor. I'm not like an entertainer. Like, I'm not any of these things. I am a child of God and I am a king. Like he said, I am a hmm. king and I will rule and reign on this earth end well, the next earth that he's going to make with, alongside of God um, and, and the beauty of that perfection that he's going to create. And so when I remember that, I'm like, sin, I'm not interested. I'm really not. Because it's like, just like, someone uh from the royal family let's say um i forget what his name is uh, like princess diana or like um anyone from the royal family they're going to carry themselves as they would um as they're part of that family they have a name to uphold because they know exactly who they are they have riches they have wealth they have um authority they know how to carry themselves and so we have to carry ourselves in the same way understanding that concept like oh my gosh like i like my father is the creator of this universe And I don't need to give in to any things that are lesser than that. Because he has the the perfect thing in store for me. And and that's what I center myself on.
2: Yeah, it speaks to me right now, bro. (laughs) That's uh that's so good. I I don't know, I I quickly wanna jump in again. I just feel like um I'm getting this notion that um Well, I already I already kinda got it from like earlier than that you're speaking now. So like like the gospel messages were all broken. Um, and I I think, I think too often in the Christian, in church, I find that there's an overemphasis on, you know, this, this brokenness and, um, if you're struggling with same sex attraction, but honestly, I'm getting tired of hearing that because I look at my own life and I can see the brokenness in me with my, you know, heterosexual attraction. And I can see the idolization of that in the church. And I have just been realizing in my life recently that, you know, like, um, God's been asking me like, you know, Ethan, like, am I enough for you? And like, am I going to push into God and let you satisfy me? Um, just like kind of Samuel like like from, from your testimony you've been doing right and, and you know, that's why that's why I said it was inspiring this morning Because I've been listening to you and I'm like, okay I can tell I really want a relationship like with a woman but like a um, god I want you to ask me where I am right now and and I realized this brokenness in me and that we all have brokenness in our Whatever orientation or attraction is and and ultimately like we just talked about identity there. I just um it's just, it just been so huge to me in my growth the past year. And, and, and even right now, in this moment, is going forward, I know I need to keep pushing into that of what's my identity in Christ. And like you said, like the spiritual reality is more real than the physical. Um, I, think you, I think you said that's what your, your mom told you, right? <laughs> I think on one of your uh, testimony videos.
4: Yeah, it, it, my mom told me that and I also heard it, like I remember one of the most impactful words I ever heard was in a Jesus 18 conferences in Orlando. And it was this guy who had just come from the underground church in China. And he spent, I think, like 19 or 20 years in jail for being a Christian. And um, and they asked him, how did you, like, spend all that time in prison? You know, how did you continue on believing in Jesus? And he said, um, my, my reality... Oh, man, what was it? Um, my... Like where I am in in the physical does not define my reality and so my reality is that I am ruling and reigning with Christ. Even though in the physical I'm in a prison, like that's not what's real. My reality is the spiritual. And so imagine spending 20 years in prison, all you see is like four corners and prison bars. And you're like, oh wait, no, 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 I'm not actually here. Like, I'm I'm with Christ, because that's what he says is true. And that just blew my mind. Like, I'm like, oh, if only we thought about that, like all the time, like, we, we like to think that this world is all that there is. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you're ruling and reigning with me in the heavenlies. And so I have to remember that that's my reality, not this place. This is just the illusion um, set in by the darkness and everything, so.
3: I really like how I think there's a theme here for the the episode so far, uh, especially with your testimony, which is, you know, a joy and a love and a satisfaction that is found in God that is found nowhere else. And that is the reason why we give up everything. We hold nothing back because why would we want to, right? Um, And I think that was kind of, that mentality was driving my question as well. Um, I'm going to ask in a second here just to set it up is because for me, ever since I've come ever since I come to faith, I think that was intimacy with God is always my number one priority. Like in, in, in everything. That's like my number one priority is my intimate personal relationship with God, my away from everybody else, like Jesus says, and just you and me and nobody else in your word and prayer and worship and anything else. And to me that is like well to everybody is it, is just is irreplaceable and just worth dying over and worth giving up anything uh any, worth giving up anything for like there's nothing I won't take to the altar and give to him right now um and and just to maintain and keep that and grow deeper in it and um I that kind of that that's the kind of mentality that is driving my question is that when I've seen because I've you know like um like you to like really really study deep and I've really seen I read Matthew Vine's book, and I've, you know, looked at, like, Justin Lee and things like that, too, and I, I typically see that their reasoning um, is centered around, obviously, like, you know, they always say it's, like, a buzzword, a monogamous, conceptual relationship, but but they really, I see the hurt in them that they kind of tie it back to, all like, a loneliness thing, that, oh, you know, that God doesn't want me to be lonely, He wants me to have somebody, everybody should have somebody, like, type mentality, right? And I just, I've seen that... I think a lot of people in the lgbt lgbt community they or lgbt affirming christians they they are frustrated over this and they choose to have an earthly partner then um over god and obviously they don't see it as over god but you know obviously we see it differently right and um i just want to ask you kind of your thoughts on that and and about that or kind of about the, the emotion the feeling that kind of people think that like Ethan was saying, whether even heterosexual people that somehow God owes us that or the promise that every single person will get married and have a uh, you know a partner, I just kind of wanted to hear your, your thoughts on that whole thing.
4: I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way when I hear people like Matthew Vine and um, some other uh, pro gay like activists, um, it, and when they're trying to find Christianity, um, I think most of the things that they always come back to is that exact point, just like. Um, like Lana Del Rey says, she says, uh, the world was built for two, right? And so mm-hmm. all of us are like, we think that like, it's like, we don't necessarily like think about it all the time, but we think that it's like the world is built for two. When you go to a restaurant, there are booths and there are tables. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the restaurant alone, it's going to be really awkward and embarrassing and some people don't want to do that. Um, and I think to myself, man, um, it's not like they like to focus on that aspect of just like, well, everyone deserves to have a, a partner, right? Um, but Jesus is my partner, you know, like Jesus is my, he's the one who I can sit at the table with, like, that's, that's who I need, like, who else is better than Jesus? And he's given me the grace to be able to experience that, like, if people don't have that grace, then like, you know, it i think like they should just do whatever it is that they feel that the lord is calling them to do like i don't expect that matthew vine says he can't live his life without a partner he's been he hasn't been given that grace by the lord and there's nothing i can do about that that's going to be up to him and his relationship with god i know that when i came to jesus like he didn't force change upon me he just like said like i want to fill you to the point that like these things don't satisfy you anymore And so he gave me the grace to be able to take this life alone. And I don't, and and that brings us into the church is that actually our job was never to be life, to live life alone. Like our job is to be able to provide for one another as a body of Christ. But what have we done? Um, Like we've created social groups and cliques and stuff where um, people like me, people who struggle with same-sex attraction, they don't feel like they belong in a church. They go to a church and they feel completely alienated. And so of course they're gonna be like, why the heck am I going to want to have a Christianity with just Jesus? Like, um, Jesus is great and he's wonderful. But of course he's not a physical, real person right now, right here. Like I can't get a hug from Jesus if I need a hug. Like the way that Jesus likes to work is through his body. That's why it's called his body. And so it's a place that we uh, American Christians have really failed is that they haven't been the body. They haven't been the hands and the feet of Jesus for those people who are experiencing same sex attraction. Because like, for me, I don't feel lonely. When i'm with the body i don't feel like i i I need a a wife like if i need to go to a restaurant that's what i have my brothers and sisters for in christ like and they're supposed to drop everything not be like oh i'm sorry i have my husband and i have my kids and this and that. like no you need to be my the body and feet of jesus for me like it sounds like really like self-obsessed but it's like that's what we're called to do we're called to serve one another that's what jesus said like servant leadership before anything else like your priorities come second before you, you serve someone, and that's the way that I live my life in Christianity. Like, my priorities have to take a second place, and I serve the people who I'm in charge to serve for. And so I think if we were doing Christianity the right way, people like Matthew Vines, they wouldn't feel like it would be such a tough battle to take on to have to live life alone. But of course, we're not. And of course, that's why we have people like Matthew saying, like, why the heck am I going to be single and I'm going to be lonely? Because the body isn't being the body. And so we in this new generation, I hope that my mission and my ministry can inspire some people to really be that body for people out there who are lonely and who are experiencing traumas or who don't fit in. And I've always been like a big believer in like the underdog, like the people who maybe struggle with mental health issues or even or, or, um, just all types of things, you know. Um, Whether same-sex attraction or whatever it is that someone's struggling with or they don't feel like they belong in social groups I'll go talk to them. I'll go give them a hug. I'll make them feel like they belong And um, that's what we all should be doing like in in the body of Christ. And so um, I I think it does like it requires a certain amount of grace. That's why Matthew is it 16 says that Jesus literally said like um, about people who will be eunuchs the kingdom of heaven he says, all who can accept this, let them accept it. So it's it's like... Well,
3: but it says only those who God helps, he says, right?
4: Yeah, only those who so God helps. So this. God has to help yeah. us through that. Um, and yeah. of course, he will help us through that. Like, he's not just going to leave us like... 100%.
3: I like how you put the accountability in the body mm-hmm. for that.
4: I really do. Um,
3: that wasn't the answer I was expecting to hear, but I'm glad you said it. It's going to get me thinking a lot more now. And i think that when you see when you say that like you said you go to church and you don't feel like you fit in which is wrong but that's that is our fault right yeah. um mm. and i can already know how i can imagine how angry that makes god like that is that is something that he would definitely come down on his hard
4: for yeah um, can you i mean can and, you just imagine if people with same-sex attraction walked into a church and they felt like they had a place there like they felt like they hmm. it would be so man, powerful you have no idea like they could come in they can be in positions of leadership and you know, we have this idea that even in ministries today, it's like, oh, you're not married, like you can't be, a, you can't be a pastor, or you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like all these rules and regulations. It's just like God wants to use these people. He wants to be able to like, like use them in a powerful, amazing way, and uh, we don't make room for people like that. It's like they have to fit a certain standard in order to just be, like, in the church. And you know
3: what? Like, I think that I see a, a like, a kind of a crossover that this is also the way that the church deals with mental health and people who are addicted to porn. These things are happening in the background, but nobody talks about them. For some reason, this has come kind of veil over everybody eyes that we don't talk about these things. We don't do these things. And, you know, as Cr- Cricket was talking last week when we were doing our porn episode, he was like, yo, it should be like double A meetings for people with porn at church. And yeah. I think it should, there should be a community like the same thing for, you know, and like, yeah, I, I don't, I, you're right. I have no idea why would these biggest sins, things are so pre- prevalent nobody wants to touch them mm-hmm. and because it's hard even...
4: and discipleship is hard and people don't want to live life with each other it's something that's difficult and people um, don't want to live life with each other you're right that's what jesus yeah. commanded us to do he wanted us to live that messy like crazy drama like feel like trauma experiences life with one another so we can learn how to be more patient we can learn how to be servant leaders but of course what do we want we want to you want to come into a church on a sunday morning no one asked me questions about my life no one asked me accountability um have the pe- pastor do everything that he needs to do preach all the pressures put on him me just receive sit there for the next 20 years of my life get super fat off the word of god never put it into action and then just die you know like that's not wow. what we've been called to do the end of matthew tells us that clearly it's like he said go out into all the nations and make disciples, I mean, disciples. live life the way that jesus lived life with his disciples um, which was messy and it was hard like he had to rebuke peter several times and god knows how many other things that he did that we don't yeah. know about <laughs> like i just think like they the disciples probably saw jesus use the bathroom Like, you know, like they, they ate with Jesus, like they slept with him, everything, 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 the ups and the downs. And so we, we have to be the same way. And, and I think when we change that, um, a lot more people who struggle with same-sex attraction or really just anything would be so much more attracted, um, to Christianity. Yeah. I hate, I hate fake Christianity. I really hate it. Like, I'm sorry. I don't use that word often, but I hate fake Christianity. That's not even Christianity, is it? That whole, oh, you know, like, I'm praying for you. Like, oh, do you have any prayer requests? You know, like, all this stuff is like, no, you don't really care about me. (laughs) Like, stop. Like, this is so Mm. fake. Because if you cared about me, like you would actually live life with me. Like you would actually check mm. up on me, talk to me, you know, invest something yep. in me, serve me. You know, and that's the way I don't just complain about these types of things like within the church, but I'm actively working on the solution for these types of things. Like I have disciples that I'm serving and that I'm like actively doing what Jesus has asked me to do in my own life. And it's hard, it's really hard. Like these people are like difficult. <laughs> Especially mm. if you've ever dealt with people who struggle with same sex attraction. It's like it's it's like a whole nother thing wow. to have to deal with people specifically on that whole thing. And so the Lord has prepared me for that. Um, but it is like, it's like, we don't just complain and be like, oh, you know, the American church is so bad. Like, I'm, and, and I never go to church. or never do anything. Like, no, we, we become that solution. So I don't say that to complain, but I say it so that we do it. You know, it's like, I say, okay, get your disciples, do that. That's like a DMM movement, which is happening in Iran with the largest underground church. Um, in the world right now, yeah. like, they are yeah. the largest underground church. Why wow, they passed they're China? Yeah. They're making yeah. disciples. That's what they're doing. They're just making disciples. We're in no church building, no pastor. Like everyone's just spreading the word of God, being used by their own gifts and, and who they are, and being mentored by people. And like the early book, uh, the early Acts church that we read about. So, mm.
0: yeah, man, you said, yeah, okay, God. like yeah, you said like our actions should speak louder than our words. right? And I really like... <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have a
4: tattoo that says that.
0: And I think, I think you actually hit on it right away. Like, I think you emphasize that making disciples is so important. And I unfortunately don't think our churches are making disciples nowadays, you right? Know. Like they're <laughs> not like, they're just, you know, you said it right, right there. It's like they go Sunday, they get fed the word of God. But what are we doing, right? Like, I think a sermon message should be empowering you to make a difference in the world, right? And to be God's and hands and feet in this world today, right? And like the people part of the LGBT community, right? They need God the most. So we should show them the grace the most and accept them into our community so we can show them God's love, right? So I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I get furious as much as you do about all of this because I'm like, we're not being what God calls us to be right now. We're not walking in the footsteps of Christ. It's crazy because right?
4: we yeah. focus on like these types of things. Like, I do interviews all the time talking about same sex attraction. Where that's the focus, you know. And it's like that is that should not be the focus. The, this is a side effect to the root issue, like the same sex attraction, the the not belonging in the church, the fact that I even have to get up here and do an interview on same sex attraction, is speaks like a thousand different words because we're really putting our mind on something that we shouldn't even be putting our mind like Jesus didn't he didn't show up on the scene and he didn't like make a sermon about people who had same-sex attraction why what did he make a sermon on he said like I want you to go out there and to love people the Mount like the Sermon on the Mount is all about how we can love each other effectively because if we do that we change the world we won't have to have a sermon about same-sex attraction or a sermon about drug use or a sermon about addiction any these types of things right because we'll just be effectively loving people introducing light into their life and where there is light there is no place darkness for anymore. darkness and so when it, in matthew that's one of my favorite verses in john uh, chapter 1 verse, verse 5 it says the light came and the darkness did not comprehend it what does that mean in the position of light like light is the absence of darkness like it, there, there's no room. That's why Jesus. He's fully pure. He's fully holy. Like there's no room for evil in in the Father. There's no room for any of it in God. It's completely pure. It's it's just a light. Um, there's no darkness in it. Um, if we introduce that love, the characteristics of God into other people's life, there will be no room for addiction. There will be no room for um, for for sins. You know, th- there just won't because it, it's we're we're literally have the absence of darkness living inside of us
0: our faith is a 24 7 hour thing right like it's not a Sunday morning thing where you're just going Sunday morning getting it right like we're supposed to feed ourselves the word of yeah. God we're not supposed to be fed the word of God right we're supposed to be praying we're supposed to be living life with one another we're supposed to be in fellowship like this and talking about faith and just talking communicating and sharing our testimony what God does through us right yeah we got to be doing it is church right, right? here we right now be bro. fully right. in it Exactly. We are doing church right now because we're exactly
1: when I kinda look at whether it's videos online or if I go out and I see unfortunately some Christians are so condemning with their approach, especially with um, you know, gay people and and the LGBT community. So I wanted to ask you firsthand, how can Christians effectively minister? Because that's kind of what you're talking about right now, how can we effectively minister when we go out there to people like that so that we're not condemning and, and judgmental and you know looking at ourselves more highly than we ought to. How do we you know, show grace and be one with them? How do we do that?
4: I would say look at them the way that the Father looks at them. The Father doesn't see the sin. Um, the Father looks at us through the eyes and through like the curtain that is Jesus Christ, right? And so he's, he sees past all those things and he sees this beautiful, perfect um, creation. Like When he sees me, he doesn't see um, pornography addiction he doesn't see same-sex attraction he doesn't see any of the things that i've done before in my past he sees the beautiful son jesus christ and he has a love for his own son and a love for his own family um and when we go out there um there is no one and done like there is no thing that you could say to anyone just make them feel loved serve them like with your spiritual gifts. That's what spiritual gifts are for. They're for the for the body of Christ. But they're also like for to go out there to do stuff. So find out what your spiritual gift is first. Be really, really good at that. Like if it's evangelism or if it's um, encouragement or showing mercy or, you know, whatever it is. Find out that. Learn how to do that. And then use those, those gifts that the Lord has given to you. Be a good steward to those gifts unto others to effectively love them. Go read the Sermon on the Mount. Read it 200 times if you have to read it. Like, read those words um, of how to love people with the love that God loves us. Just love them. Like, if if, if I if I were to approach um, someone who's identifying as gay, and they say to me or like whatever, I'm just in conversation. I would treat them the way that I would treat anybody else, with no no difference. I would show them mercy i would show them forgiveness i would i would love on them i would make time for them i would serve them and i would try to just show them the love that is inside of me um in every way and some people just don't want to do that they don't want to do that because they are like really they don't have that light inside of them all that they have is hate they don't have compassion they don't have understanding um and so they just want to condemn people but imagine i I love what it says to um in the Lord's prayer. It says um forgive uh like uh forgive me father for I have like forgiven my debtors like it, it, he uses like Jesus uses the amount that we forgive other people is the amount that the father will forgive us, right? This is the same thing that he talks about in the parable of the debt collector. However much like you've forgiven other people is exactly how much the father's going to forgive you. And so that's like, we can experience a new level of love, mercy, compassion, understanding all those types of things with the way that we pour those things out onto others, because in reality, we're not doing it unto those people. We're doing it unto the image of God. And so we're really doing it unto God because it's like, uh, that other verse that talks about, I'm not sure where, but it talks about like with one, with your mouth, I think it's in James. Um, You bless God, but with your mouth, you also curse God's creation. It's like, how can you do those two things? Because God's creation is an image of God. And so the way that you treat God's creation, whether they're living in sin or whether they're not, is a direct way that you are treating the image of God. So look at people the way that the Father would look at people um, and, and love them with everything that you've got. That means, what does that mean? Sacrificial love. Um, There's a word for it in the Greek, like it is this pure beautiful love the way that Jesus loved us to give our lives for these people, to give our lives for strangers, to give our lives for people who we know will never repent for, like uh, for their sins. Like, would you do that? Like Would would you right now die for RuPaul? Would you right now die for um, Kim Kardashian? Would you die for people who you know would never make a difference in their lives? They would never repent. That's what Jesus did for us, and that's what we're called to do, you know. So it's like—that's
0: really powerful. If you're powerful. not willing to
4: do that for a sinner, because Jesus did that for sinners. Like, if you're not if you're not willing to do that, then you don't know and you don't comprehend the love of Jesus. If you're waiting for someone to be better for you, like imagine if, if Jesus waited for us to be better, like it would have never happened. <laughs> he would have never died for us. Like we would never be better. Yeah. So um, yeah, a lot of people they don't they don't understand the difference between acceptance and affirmation, which I talk a lot about. Um, just because you accept someone doesn't mean you have to affirm them. I can love someone without affirming their actions. Jesus loved me without affirming me and my sin. And so, um, yeah, I-, I can still die for someone without affirming what it is that they're doing. And uh, that's my goal. I don't know if I'm there yet. I can't say that I would die for everyone, but I would like to. I would like for God to continue to put that love that was in in the son in me. Praise God,
1: man. Thank you for that answer. I'll let Ethan ask his question.
2: How do you respond to people that would say your path or the path of a celibate gay Christian or or even just a celibate Christian like at all like whatever your sexual orientation is. It, how is it, you know that being repressive of who you are in your feelings? Like how do you respond to that?
4: Repressed um I don't know. I see that in
2: your IG comments all the
3: time and it pisses me off so much.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I And there's no one in the world who can make me like not believe that I am and I have found freedom in Christ. Like, I don't know. I've been I don't feel repressed. (laughs) Like I I feel freedom. I feel joy. Mm. Like you know when I did feel repression, like when I did feel depression and anxiety and like struggles and all those types of things, like when i was away from god mm. that's when i felt all those types of things but now mm-hmm. in christ like i don't feel any of that like, i can like call him and just pray and just be like i have a problem like please help me with this problem and he brings such freedom and comfort and peace in whatever situation that i'm facing so to me it's it's like people tell me that all the time like is it hard to like um not give into your sexual uh like uh, sexual feelings and i'm like no because like It's not who I was created to be either way. Mm -hmm. Like the flesh is always Mm going to be there. But like, that's why it says in scripture, um, that we, when we are in the spirit, we cannot sin. And we read that and we're like, what does that mean? Like I sin all the time. What what is that talking about? It's like, when you're in the spirit, you cannot sin, which means like when I Hmm. am in communion, completely in fellowship with the spirit those things do not even face me. Like they're not something that I worry about or even think about because I am completely unraveled in his presence. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, imagine being like completely, like I had this vision one time, a dream where the father was like cradling me um, like a baby. It was really weird because it was also like feminine. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't like a father figure and it was like God in, in the feminine. And we don't ever talk about that, but in the Bible it does talk about that where it talks about the father having like feminine characteristics. The father is a spirit. You know, and so he was cradling me in like this like way that like a a mother would cradle a baby. And like the motherhood of God. Like it's crazy. Like the way that he creates life. Like that's what mothers do. Like that's they're made in the image of God. Mm. And so like he was cradling me and he was like totally like wrapping his arm around me. And I felt so safe. I felt like I just felt completely like just safe in him, and I remember this was a dream I had way before I even knew Christ. It was like two years, and I didn't even told my parents about it. I was like, I had a really weird dream. I was like, God, and there was white everywhere, and it was like I was like in a weird place, like it felt like heaven, and um, and that's what I feel like every day. I just feel the Lord caressing me, hmm. I feel the Father caressing me, and like and being that safe place for me, and um, and it's beautiful, you know. So it doesn't feel like repression. I feel freedom. And you want to mm-hmm. know what like that's what jesus said whom the son sets free is free indeed Praise and so indeed. it was back then that i felt not right but i feel good now i feel amazing now um my flesh is dying <laughs> but my spirit is so willing my spirit is like this is
2: everything <laughs> so yeah yeah that was, that was a great answer yeah that idea that you know there's when jesus responds to uh these sadducees um about like you know is there about marriage in heaven and he's like don't you know that the, there isn't going to be marriage in heaven and and i think i think a mm-hmm. lot of us i mean i can say to myself sometimes you feel like dang like i want there to be married in heaven but like that but just like you're talking about right now right now in this moment like, you can we can as christians because of our who our identity is in christ like currently in this moment we can um come to god and be find the freedom there and be so enamored and it's so just filled with his love and being the spirit that like we're not even gonna be concerned about that and like whether whether god says you know it'd be good for you to get married or not either way we're going to be so satisfied in him in either direction we go and when we go to heaven we're not going to be worried about either because we're just so stuck in his presence and his love so i just i was just coming to my mind and, but uh yeah i know it's just so, so good what you're saying everything you're saying just filled with the spirit i can tell
4: There's like a song that I love by Laura Hackett Park. She's an incredible worshiper from International House of Prayer. And it's, uh, You Satisfy My Heart. And there's another song that I love. It's also my favorite from Bethel. Um, Even though I'm not the biggest fan of Bethel. Uh, I love their music though. Um, One of their songs is You Make Me Happy. And there's this constant theme of like songs that I really like in the Lord. And it's just that, it's like satisfaction, happiness, Mm -hmm. joy. It's like you are these things for me and um Hmm. and when i go into his presence and when i worship him um that's what i feel i feel complete satisfaction in him and i'm like man i would Mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to trade this for anything else in the world what
0: i
3: know truthfully is from hearing your testimony and everywhere you answer your question is that you know that god is your soulmate not a human individual being who will pass away like any of us are who imperfect. but the person you're meant to be with forever literally forever who is your soul and who completes you that we're the zero he's the whole is god um is the father son and spirit and i think it's just amazing to see that and know that you that you are living in that to the fullest um yeah. so and that's how god it should be with
4: that. every heterosexual as well like remember when we get in marriage we're not getting in a marriage with just a woman it's a covenant means jesus has to be in the center he is satisfying mm. those, of those individuals and sometimes we forget about that it's like oh you're heterosexual so like you can put your total trust in your wife and you know all these things like no 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 like that's not what marriage is for and you're going to be severely like depressed when you start to realize like mm. it's not going to satisfy you like um it was uh, larissa miller from upper room where she's like i'm married and she's like, and it is not fun. <laughs> she's like, every stress, every anxiety, every issue that you've ever had in your whole life, now you got to share it with another person. And it makes it that much more difficult. Yeah. And so if you think that marriage is going to mm. fix your problems, if you think that a per- perfect partner is going to be that soulmate and that perfect thing, that, that thing that you can worship, like, it's not. It's just going to intensify your problems. It's going to make things even worse for you. Um, because if Jesus is in the center and you're not both putting your trust and your hope in him as your soulmate, as everything that we were created to be in, um, communion with, then it's like, you're going to feel all these feelings of like hopelessness. I I know so many young Christians that they're like, all that they want is like a marriage heterosexuals. They just want a marriage. It's like, I want a husband. I want this. I want that. And they expect it to fulfill them. Then they get in, 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 in that marriage and then they're divorced four years later or or a couple months later you know um because hmm. they didn't have jesus who satisfied them from the beginning hmm. but if i have jesus satisfy me like i know that later on maybe i might have a wife uh, that doesn't mean that jesus becomes any less for me it just means that that's something hmm. that he wanted for my life but he i have been totally satisfied with him from from here yeah and i will be continue to be satisfied by him and any marriage that i have in the future
0: yeah like you spoke about like you were showing the triangle right like gods at the center as you draw closer to one another as you draw closer to god you draw closer to one another and you're going together and you're serving together and that's what marriage should be right like serving and worshiping god together and being together and just following him faithfully together right yeah thank you
1: okay guys uh i think i think it's been a while we got to wrap it up now but i want to say once again on behalf of all of us here thank you so much samuel for joining us more so than that, thank you for being faithful to God in what you're doing. I yeah. think we just appreciate yeah. that perspective because we can see you're truly submitting to Him and what He wants for your life and you're letting Him mold you and make you. And we appreciate you coming on here and sharing your testimony, your past experiences, what you're experiencing right now. And man, I feel filled. I know that I can definitely say these guys feel filled as well. So just thank you for being here, Samuel.
4: Thank you so much. It's like an honor just to be here. And I can feel God's presence like so strongly with you guys. So. I just like i feel like breaking out into tears like every moment because like that's i'm a crier <laughs> <laughs> so i like to cry um but yeah i can feel this presence so strong so i'm humbled to be here and and to be able to share my story with you guys and, and for you guys to even listen to me is incredible So awesome praise
1: god Sit if you well, wanna praise god close
4: us off in prayer that'd be great man
3: our lord and our god i just come before you lord my brother's here and i just give you thanks and praise lord uh for this day today first and foremost lord i, I thank you for you I thank you, Lord, that um, you are everything. You are our soulmate, and I and I praise you that you, uh, you are all are all in all. Um, like I says, Lord, you are our master. Every good thing we have comes from you. That uh, you know, our heart may fla our heart may fail, our spirit may grow weak, but you are our portion, Lord God. That you are ours forever, and that you know, one day in your presence, Lord, is it better than a, you know eternity everywhere else, Lord God. You know and all these things, Lord, and just we delight in you and your perfections and everything, Lord God. You you know just. You are ours and you're you know and we are yours and i just praise you lord that that is the central theme i see lord god today's episode and i praise you for that. that's what it should be about lord it should be about you and about these things and i praise you for that i praise you for our brother samuel lord god who has, when you've blessed us with with lord um to have this um time with him lord and i thank you it's been extremely edifying and our our hearts are full lord i can speak for all of us when I say our hearts and our spirits are full lord with your presence and your joy and i thank you that you know it says the truth your god that you were there and Wow, Lord, are you here? <laughs> um, and, I, and I praise you, Lord God. I have a lot to, I uh, think we all can say, we all have a lot to give you thanks and praise for, Lord God, tonight when we come before you. And I just, I praise you, Lord, for Sam. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in this man's life. I thank you, Lord God, that um, you've, you're using it to bless us right now, Lord, and to encourage us in our faith, Lord God, and to make us more zealous and on fire for you as well. I praise you, Lord, for uh, that you saved this man. And I thank you, Lord God, that you know the fruits of the Spirit that you placed in him are on full display um, that he is truly exemplifying Logo, what it, what it means to be a man after your own heart, um, and I praise you that, like he says, he's given everything up, Lord God, for this pearl, Lord God, for the eternal life and the kingdom that you've promised, Lord, because he sees that you are worthy um, and nothing else is, is everything else is just dust and ash, Lord, in comparison to you. And I praise you that um, you've praised him here. I, pray, I thank you, Lord, for bringing him into our lives and to bring him in on the podcast. And I just pray, Lord God, that every single person who heard this today would be blessed abundantly by you, Lord God. And be, I pray specifically that they would be on fire, that they would have a zeal and passion and fire like never before to seek you, to pray, to read your word, to spend intimate, personal time with you and seek that personal relationship with you, Lord, um, as a priority above all other things, that they would give up everything, Lord God, to be close to you, uh, to be near you, Lord God, and and to love you and to be obsessed with you, Lord, above all else, really, I pray that... I pray that i also pray lord god that you inspire people to change lord um to create spaces lord god where people with same-sex attraction lord, can feel welcome lord god that they feel your love they don't feel condemnation lord god where they feel that you you love them you care about them like you do, like you do about any other person um and i pray that Lord, that you would please lord convict us and use us first and foremost lord god to inspire change in your church in your church it starts with us and i praise you lord god um I, I, know, I feel convicted, and I, and I pray, Lord God, you would convict many others as well, and um, I just pray, Lord God, that um, you would keep this anointing and on, on this blessing on Samuel for as long as he lives, Lord God, that he would serve you, and I just pray, Lord God, you would use him for your glory to touch many people and to show them, Lord God, um, that you are who you say you are, and you will do this for anybody, you will, you will set them free, Lord God, so they truly be um, in... Um, love and joy with you forever and i pray lord god that people would see if they're struggling with same situation lord god that um you are everything lord god and you are more desirable and you do satisfy lord god um and you are powerful lord god to take these things away and to and to, and to give help and all these things lord and I, I also pray that um you would fill samuel's heart with a desire lord god to see people surrender everything to you lord and i pray that for us as well and i just pray all these things in jesus name lord
4: amen amen All right, so if you wanna hear more about my ministry, you wanna hear more of my stories and some of the thoughts that the Lord has revealed to me, you can go ahead and check out SamuelAbrahamPerez.com. I have a lot of resources. I have a Discord that I just finished starting, which is like an open forum app where you can communicate with me. And we also have a community of believers on there. Like we're up to, I think almost 250 people on there. People who struggle with same-sex attraction and uh, people who don't struggle with same-sex attraction. So everyone is welcome to just be a community there. And uh, also I do Bible studies every single Wednesday night at, at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, and I do those live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. I also go live on TikTok. And uh, you can pretty much just find all my social medias on Samuel Abraham P. Uh, the only one that is different is my Twitch, which is burritos and Jesus. <laughs> but you can find everything on my website, SamuelAbrahamPrize.com. And if you enjoy my ministry, I just ask that if the Lord um, has really spoken to you through me, um, and you want me to continue to do this, you can go to my website and you can actually partner with me or do a one-time donation. And that continues me to continue to do these interviews for free and continue to like spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is what I love to do. So, thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to the Glorify Him podcast. This is episode 3, season 2, Does God Create People Gay? um follow us on our instagram at glorify him podcast. follow uh, check us on spotify apple google Podcasts at glorify him all links in the description below we'll also um put samuel's um, links all in the description and see you guys next week grace and peace to you all